What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Middle call! Hey, behaves! Uh, recording on a Tuesday. Can I read you the ticker that's on the, the television behind me? It just says, Illinois runs out of weed just six days after legalization. Wow. <laughs> so, dot, 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 uh, yeah. California here to help. Yeah, we, we got you. Because I saw another headline like a week ago that just said, Canadian government lost $42 million selling weed last year. And everyone just quoting it like, Who's, who loses money selling drugs? Like, you guys are, like, Canada, we're sorry. No more advice from you. Like, we, we you get, that officially cuts you off from business advice. Just shut up. No one loses money from selling drugs. But you guys, that, that, uh, that you lose credibility that way. I mean, the fucking local drug dealer... In Antioch, made a problem. They could have had. They could have put literally anyone who's ever sold weed in charge of that operation. Yeah, what a joke! It's but you realize like we're a little spoiled, uh, just with that with marijuana. I mean, in the Midwest is a little. It's I don't know if it's ideal growing conditions in the freezing cold for about six months. Right. So uh, the inventory is, you know, not like a, not like Elias with candy or something. You know, where he's just not going to run out. Like that probably went quick. How many candy bars you bought from Elias over the years? Uh, a lot more ice cream. A lot more Gatorade. Cr- Haven't gotten a lot of candy bars from him. What's your go-to buy there, you think? Uh, I mean, a Gatorade. That's what number flavor? one on the list of things I've... What are, usually whatever Gatorade Zero they got. Yeah. Gatorade Zero's not bad. Um, and then probably two on the list. Historically, if we went back into my history, chips. Less lately, but there was a period of time there where I was buying a lot of bags of chips. Can I give you a hot take on Gatorade Zero? While I drink a ton of it, I don't know if it does much. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if there really are electrolytes and stuff in there. I, I feel like it's less potent than water, though I like drinking because of the flavor. Yeah. Um, Do you feel like you get hydrated by slamming one? I mean, how dehydrated am I really when I have one? I tend to get them like if I'm... I sometimes just get them. 
Um, yeah, oh, same. The I best thing you can I do, I think, is dinner. probably if you're drinking water before you ever need a Gatorade, then you that's what makes you feel your best, I think. Yeah. Well, you I know? mean, I, w- my morning routine is now I, I order, uh, I don't really drink much coffee anymore. I'm more of a, I order the four packs on Amazon and I get a bunch and it's cheap of the double shots from Espresso and I get the Espresso lights, the little shooters. And uh, yeah, four shots of espresso to start your day. I think can dehydrate you a little if you're not careful. So I just feel like I'm I'm constantly dehydrated. But it's because I'm drinking sometimes on a given day six shots of espresso. Well, yeah, then just mixing a little uh, a little agua. But that's why you go extra electrolyte. I understand. Like, do you when you get up early in the morning to go uh, talk with Ryan Leaf? Are you slamming some espresso or you just go coffee? I go coffee. Um, but I would prefer, like, I would love to have an espresso maker in the house. I just are there are there days when you're just like, holy shit, I'm tired. This coffee is doing nothing for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just. I'm but I do find John like air. coffee. If I get a good amount of water in early, I like that helps for sure. I, I want water wakes you up. I, I think I read a study. I didn't read a study. I read someone that said they read a study. That if you drink a bottle of water immediately, maybe this was like someone that was at a Tony Robbins talk again, like secondhand, it opens up your mind really quick. Like first thing in the morning you should do is just slam a bottle of water or slam a cup of water, right? I used to do that when we had a radio show. I'd I'd wake up, I'd put emergency in a cup, pour a glass of water in there, and I'd drink it. Yeah, great way to start, the best way to start the day. I really should drink the water before I drink. I'd go coffee first and then I'd start drinking water, but... Smart, smart move. Well, I don't know, uh, but I would. I'm with you. I love those little, those little espressos, especially the light ones, mm-hmm. so you don't feel like the you're just getting too many yeah. calories. And, and it's they're efficient. You can finish it in seven seconds. Oh, they're they're get cold. into my blood. <laughs> yes, yeah, just it's great. Uh, all right, middle cop. Before we jump into it, let's tell the people this podcast is brought to you by Express VPN dot com slash ham that's expressvpn.com slash ham for three months free with a one-year package yep guy think about this the nba offers nba league pass which lets you stream games online but if you live in the u.s or canada it doesn't let you watch all of them the games get blacked out you've you and i back mlb package Mm. we had to steal someone's account because we used to get blacked out before we knew about our friends at expressvpn and that's where they come in, guy, because you fire up the ExpressVPN, you use it to change your location. If you live in different cities, you want to watch your team, no blackouts. And depending on the country, the NBA League Pass could cost less than 15 bucks for the whole entire year. What countries do you think? Well, I don't know. You Afghanistan or Ukraine or uh, uh, Egypt. I don't know. Yeah. Just start trying different ones out. <laughs> I, last time I checked, there's a lot of countries in this in this world, this thing we call the uh, the universe. So even when I'm not watching the NBA guy, I have expressvpn.com slash ham on 24-7. I like to do, sometimes I just go to Starbucks or my, my gym also is like a hotel, just work. So I just want to see some people. And uh, I immediately sign into ExpressVPN so no one steals That's our right. stuff. That's what's great about it. Encrypts all the data, keeps it safe from hackers. I'm in hotels a lot. Definitely want ExpressVPN there on the road, like public Wi-Fi at the airport, ExpressVPN. Use our link today. Get three months free at expressvpn.com slash ham, after which you can sign up for NBA League Pass at a huge discount. That's expressvpn.com slash ham, three months free with a one-year package. Go to expressvpn.com slash ham 
to learn more. Podcast also brought to you by mybookie.ag. Promo code HAM1. The Super Bowl is right around the corner. Well, I just flipped up the odds we talked about last week, right? You get the Niners at about almost 4-1, to one, and the Chiefs were 4.5-1. to one. Well, after the first round, they're going to go down. There's just less teams to deal with. Right now, the, the Ravens are the heavy favorites to win the Super Bowl, plus 190. I just... I read this morning before we hopped on to record this that Mark Ingram, who, remember, pulled his calf like three weeks ago, was good last week. I guess he tweaked it over the weekend, and he was not at practice today. So I'd go, that's a red flag. The Niners, 3-1 to one right now. Chiefs, basically 3.5-1. to one. The Packers, 8-1. to one. Seattle, 12-1. to one. Uh, The Niners line, which kind of floated. I think it opened at 7. It went down to 6.5. It's now back at 7. It's actually what's crazy about this weekend guy on mybookie.ag, promo code HAM and the number one. Actually, that's not the smallest line. The, the Seattle Green Bay line is only four. That's that's kind of weird. You know, for a team that was 13-3, and three, hosting a team with a bunch of injuries, four points at home in Lambeau. Russell's, I saw someone tweeted yesterday, Russell's three games in Lambeau are not great. The Seattle's 0-3 there. Uh, you'd have to look you know, really dive into like the time of year and the individual teams. But I, I don't know if you put much stock into that. Titans, nine-point favorites at the Ravens. I, I Honestly, I kind of like that guy. Titans plus nine. Yeah, I do too, John. I do too. Uh, the, what do you think about Chiefs, Texans? Cover. I do like the over in this game. Over 51. How about that? Well, the Chiefs defense has been good. They haven't allowed many points the last month. But you'd think that Hopkins and Watson – just make plays. Work hard, uh, make plays. Promo code HAM1, mybookie.ag. Yep. Uh, and that means uh, you can get a deposit halfway. They'll match your dollar for dollar. If you deposit 2000 means you get an extra 1000 free money to play with. Uh, you can also decline that uh, bonus. They've got the fastest payouts, best promotions, helpful 24-7 customer service team. And uh, if football's not your thing, crazy, but cool. Uh, they got everything from the NBA to the Premier League, also football. So, you know, there you go. Go get it. Oh, I want to mention this too before we move on, Milkoff. We've been telling people, please go to your podcast store and rate and review the podcast. We appreciate it. Thank you to Niche 49, Pork Chop Sandwiches, John. Those are two different people. Thanks to Pork Chop Sandwiches for a recent review. The John. Thanks to the John. KJ Cross. Bertelman. Appreciate you. Matthew Dave 36. Have you ever had a Pork Chop Sandwich? No. So go to uh, go to Apple and review. We appreciate everyone doing it, and just keep on doing it. Yeah. Just keep on freaking doing hey, it. Hey, Hench Real Estate, thank you. Oh, baller! American Cocktails, appreciate the review. <laughs> Lil, Lil Drew, thanks for the review. I see you, Lil Drew. Uh, that uh, Lil Drew was a repeat review. So thanks, thanks for uh, you know, uh, refreshing it. What Lil Drew say? Lil Drew said, wrote this a couple years ago, still holds true. Been rolling with you guys for years. Happy to see your audience grow with each listen. The fans pay the bills, and a blue-collar podcast is what more people need. Keep grinding, and eventually you'll be a top-ten sports pod. And I'll be honored to say, I knew them when. <laughs> give me, a, give me, Read me another one. Uh, 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 Lepe91. As a barrier local, it's a must-listen. They'll speak about everything sports and use unbiased opinions. It's the only kind to use. I personally <laughs> love their Niner takes. Um, 
Haberman is a known Raider hater. That's probably the one red flag <laughs> in <into> that. <laughs> Didn't I see you today ask who John Gruden was to somebody on Twitter? Yeah, well, it's like I, I'm going to try in 2020 to not be an asshole and be more sarcastic slash like facetious with my responses. And I, yet, while being kind of mean, you know, because I, I wanted to quote was like, oh, you would have crushed Gruden. It's like, this ain't about, the Raiders ain't in the topic of conversation right now, but. They will be uh, in this podcast, actually. We have something to talk about with them. Yeah. Because it's like, Middlecoff, you would you crushed the Raiders for giving them $100 million. No. I actually crushed Gruden for kind of robbing the, the, Matt Rule took a guy worth $10 billion, $70 million. John Gruden, who understands Mark Davis doesn't have much money, forced him to pay $100 million when he easily could have taken well, he 60. Can't get paid. He can't have been outbid by Matt Rule, you know? I mean, he was just ahead of the but, curve. That's two and a half years later. I know. You but yeah. You can't have Matt Rule making more than you. <laughs> no, you can't. Matt Rule will make a lot of cash, guy. So, uh, yeah, he's gone from Baylor football to the Carolina Panthers pretty quickly. Pretty impressive. Uh, all right. Playoffs. Involve the Niners now again this week, involve the Packers again this week, involve the Chiefs, and involve the Ravens. Four of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, uh, I can comfortably say, although we can debate it. So let's debate it. Let's rank the quarterbacks. Where does Jimmy Garoppolo fall in the hierarchy of playoff quarterbacks uh, left in the postseason? And I think part of this, you were thinking about this because Brady, Breeze, gone in the first weekend. Well, if Brady and Breeze would have won, the playoffs just would have been stupid. Jimmy might have been last, right? Because it would have been when you look at the NFC. To me, he's third. Russell, I, I would put Russell over Rodgers, even though you'd say Rodgers had the has had the better career. Russell's a better player currently, but those guys are in a different stratosphere, right? Than Jimmy, I would put Jimmy over Cousins, so he's third in the NFC. It gets a little complicated when you bring in the AFC. <clears throat> because you go, well, Lamar won the MVP. Actually, he hasn't uh, but, won it yet, but yeah. Do you think he's a lock to win it? I do. Yeah, so he's going to win the MVP. Uh, so it's just hard to say. Like, I would take Jimmy, and I think Kyle, given the way he plays, like, they don't want to run the Lamar offense. They run with Jimmy. Uh, but, like, he won the MVP, so I give him the nod, and he carried them. Now, granted, a lot of it was running, but let's just, I, I, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be Dave Gettleman holding on to the 90s. Like, running is a huge part of 2020. Obviously, you would take Mahomes over Jimmy Garoppolo. I, it's like, I like Jimmy, but fucking Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and Deshaun Watson now has kind of earned his stripes, been doing it longer. I, I think he's earned the right to be sit. Like, Jimmy's probably six on the list. I would have Tannehill and Kirk Cousins under him. But I also think when you look at the list, it's a pretty star-studded group, Right. So let's just start. It's not there's because the NFC there is no debate. I think the AFC we could get we could argue a little, but we're putting them together. We're we're arguing about the eight, right? So like the is that what you want to do or just the four? Yeah, I want to I want to argue the eight because I think it makes it a little more interesting. I agree because I think number one is the NFC is black and white. So here's the question: Who's number one? Russell Russell. Okay, so is Rogers two or is Mahomes two? You know, I wouldn't argue over either one. I I, I would put Mahomes too. Uh, just recency bias. If you're factoring in, like, what have you done before? He's we're done t- more. I think what yeah. we're talking about. I would is take right Mahomes now right now. Mahomes. Okay. So who then, says no? 
Let's do the Bill Simmons. Who says no? Andy Reid would say no before the Packers would say yes. Like yep. they would do that trade right now. Yep. So then you go Rogers third. I would go Rogers third. Yes. Would you now? Part of I would this, take I would take Watson over Lamar if that's where you're going. That's not where I'm going. Okay. So where are you but going? you're taking Watson over Jimmy. Yeah, I think he's earned that right. I would not. I would take Jimmy over Watson. I'm not saying big picture, like if you say who's going to have the next five or six years. I think what we're talking about is like who does like when we talk. Did you watch? Did you watch Deshaun the other night against fucking Bills in the second half? I know it was bitch over when when the team when he finally was able to pull it out against the team who couldn't throw. It was really that team is one of the best defenses in the league. Uh, John, he's fantastic. I'm just telling you, I would take Jimmy Garoppolo over Deshaun Watson. He was incredible. I. The, the play he made at the end of the game. I'm not arguing necessarily I'm disagreeing with you that I wouldn't do that as well. I just think if I'm going to be unbiased, like our commenter said, right now what they've earned and the way they've played, I'm going with Deshaun. Well, but hold on. What they've earned I've seen who Deshaun, I've seen take uh, right now? Who I, says no? Well, well, he, well uh, I think they both say no. Okay. I, I think Deshaun is proven guy. His team is way shittier, even the last couple years. And he's carried them... To fucking the playoffs and playoff victories. I, is this part? I don't. Of I don't think they're. Very, I don't think they're very good. I don't. I, I know. I. I think Jimmy's excellent. I think he's a top ten quarterback. I think the people that say like, oh, he's over, are idiots. They don't know shit. But I don't know for a fact. Now Jimmy did it that last, you know, in seventeen. But you and I have talked about those games. There wasn't as much skin in the game. Yeah. When you do it start to finish, running for his life, he's. He's been pretty spectacular now for like five straight years, college included. So you would put Watson for? Like, I think that, I think the 49ers would be just as good, if not slightly better, with Deshaun Watson on their team than Jimmy. So, yeah. That's interesting. That's, I mean, it's hard to argue that. I think three years we'll look back and say Jimmy. He's earned my respect. No, I've come around on him probably this year. Just that Raiders, he gets kicked in the face this season with just like, Bill O'Brien doing stupid shit and their defense sucks and he is just he's got a little like not like NBA star where you don't win like a Devin Booker or Carl Anthony Towns like the guys that actually carry their team to the playoffs when they don't really have like a Dame Lillard it's like this guy's got something special to him uh, I know it went viral when Dabo said that again right last week when he carried him but I do think there was like substance behind it like this he's got something special He's got the, and he obviously has the quantifiable stuff, throws touchdowns, makes plays. But there is something just, you feel like you got a chance with that guy, regardless who's on your team. And I, I think that Jimmy's the same way, but Jimmy, this team's really good that Jimmy's yeah, playing on. Yeah, that's true. I, I, part, this is partly a futures bet for me on Jimmy, but I can't argue with anything you just said about Mahal, about uh Again, again if we were like stocks, if, if I had to pay $100 for Deshaun or I'd get Jimmy at 40 yeah, I mean, I get you. I'm just saying, right now, given the way they're playing, you could argue that Deshaun Watson, if we're if the way I'm talking about it, you'd put him above Aaron Rodgers. He's a better player right now than Aaron Rodgers, like the way they're playing. Aaron Rodgers hasn't played that well. Ah, uh, see, I I know, but now I, now I I'm not saying that. I I would like I you you could argue him and Russell are like the same guy. Both guys terrify me. Well, I, Deshaun, I'm nervous, but I'm not like Russell Wilson. Aaron Rodgers get the ball five minutes left, down four. Like they're scoring. They might not, but I believe to my core when I'm sitting on my couch taking an edible and eating a slice of pizza, that guy's going to oh, score. That's, that's living. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just one slice? 
No, well, I mean, the sli- I have multiple slices. I've already eaten one, and i got to get back up and grab a couple more. You know what's more. funny? When you buy a whole pie, you have no problem eating four slices. But if you go buy slices, you would never order. Like, let me get a, a slice four of pepperoni, <laughs> a slice of cheese, the meat lovers, and a veggie. You would Why never. Not? You'd be like, it's no chance in hell I would do that. But if you had a whole pie, you'd eat four pieces and go like, I left myself another half. You'd be proud know. of yourself. That's why you're better off for, for a sneaky fat guy to go get slices and not just like, I'll oh, just order pie, eat it for three days. No, you won't. You'll eat it for a That's day right. because you'll, you'll eat it for you'll eat it the next day for lunch and it'll all be gone. Next day, if you might, if you order it for lunch, you by yeah. dinner time, you're you like, can't, oh, you can't. Yeah, good. you order pizza for lunch. It's an all. You're just eating pizza that day. That is your meal. Um, I used to do these uh, TV games where they would bring in pizza in Fresno, and it would at the end of the night they'd be like, "Hey, who wants to take pizzas home?" And so I'd well, go home with like two full the Chico's pizzas, you know. Used to do the same shit at Cal Poly. I'd walk in with like three Dominoes, and everyone would be like, "Fuck yeah, time to grub." <laughs> well, uh, you weren't even that, that's we guy. We grew up in a time. Did we even know what the word calorie was? Seriously, I mean, it was talked about, but nothing like it is now. Well, nothing like it is now for people of an age where they should have, they got the metabolism to power through. Like when you're yeah. 20, yeah, it's just pictures of abs everywhere now if you're 20. Not, not to go on a side on tangent IG. here, but guy my brother works for was telling me he's got a kid that's about to enter high school, has another son that's like 13. You know, so a lot of those picking up kids, taking to games. Right. Usually after everyone's hungry, like, want to swing by Domino's, want to swing. And the kids yeah. are like, let's go to Jack in the Box. He's like, back when we were kids, you didn't even think. Like, yeah, we're just going to Jack in the Box, get a bunch of milkshakes and some burgers, and everyone's happy. Now you get in trouble when you drop Jack or Miles' friend off to, you know, their parents, mm. and he walks in with a shake and a burger. Like, you're not allowed to give them that. <laughs> think about that. That was unheard of. Like, in our day and age, if you were fed by your friend's parents, you were applauded. You said, say thank you. Whether they gave you a burger, milkshake, pizza, it didn't matter. So now it's like, well, what am that. I supposed to do? Get the guy a chicken salad? But, but like, like in the you back said, of the car? Yeah, when you're 12 years old, it does not matter what you consume. Now, some kids it does, I guess. But that, I guess that's the thing that you have to think about. And he's like, I don't even, I don't just get yelled at, whatever. <laughs> hey, Tell your kid to say, I don't eat that. It's not my job. (laughs) Send a PB&J sandwich with him. But guy, the the kid's dying to eat it. You just say like, hey, Billy, just let's make sure you pound that in the car. Here's a a fake bag from uh, Whole Foods you can take inside. Well, I I told you, I was watching a Jimmy, I think a press conference sometime this year, and they asked him a question about like his diet or whatever, and he's like, you know what? I've always ate pretty well. And I asked you one time, I was like, I bet – It'd be, you probably underestimate Jimmy Garoppolo. You just think he's naturally really good looking. I mean, he naturally, the looks are the looks. But just his body type, he probably is much more cognizant than most guys, maybe in his early 20s and whatever he is now, most of his life with eating. Why is that? I just just imagine, like, a lot of guys in the NFL, when I first got to the NFL, you just, guys can just eat whatever they want. Oh, yeah. But a lot of guys, like, once they get around 30, yeah, I remember Brent Selleck was like had to change his diet, and he was like, "It's hard." But then once you get to get used to it, you just change. But he's like, when I was second, third year, you just ate whatever. Right. Deshaun, but I mean, was eating burgers and shakes. It didn't matter. <laughs> some guys are just freaks, but some guys need to be from day one. Like Steve Nash, 
really from very early in his career was doing things that, like Michael Jordan was just eating whatever. I I also wonder like the more and more guys that come the the way major college football programs now have multiple people in charge of dietary needs, right? You've got dietitians. Yeah. Jimmy did not come from Alabama, right? Where no, there was it was, every it was actually was much it was much more on him to yeah. be disciplined. So, all right, back to the rankings. Russ Mahomes Rodgers. You put Watson yeah. next. Um, you know what's Who funny? Well, so this is where it gets complicated because I would put Jimmy ahead of Deshaun, but it's hard. Like, can I really put these guys ahead of Lamar right now? Because here's the thing. Who keeps you up at night more, Lamar Watson or Jimmy, if you're a defensive coordinator the night before the game? I think Jimmy would be last. Lamar would be first, though, wouldn't he? Would be first. But he, he, you know the curveball in this conversation? Hmm. <clears throat> Historically, even Kaepernick, who would you say would be the most successful runner of the last 10 years, right? Led a team to Super Bowl, even farther than Vic. I mean, Vic never got to a Super Bowl. Now, his Kaepernick's team was better. You can't win a Super Bowl running first as a quarterback. It's been passing first. Now, Lamar has a chance to shatter that trend this year. Like If he wins a Super Bowl, the conversation changes a little bit. I'm still going to go Dave Gettleman a little bit on this and hold on to the past and go, I don't think he can. Like I think it's going to come down to, because most playoff games do, and you felt it all weekend long, can you complete passes in the second half on third and long? And that's just, that's typically like, can it's like baseball. Well, what do the playoffs come down to? Not home runs. They come down to like situational hitting and bullpen. Football is a tried and true formula. These games, and you and I have talking about this on the last podcast, they're not shootouts. Now, there may be a shootout game within the playoffs, but I just close your eyes. Think about this weekend. Where were all the scores? High teens, low 20s. So it's like Kaepernick had some moments against the Packers. I'm not saying that it doesn't work and it can't. You can't just blow out an opponent. Remember the what was his first playoff start against Green Bay and he just fucking ran wild. Remember that? And it was like everyone was screaming at McCarthy to fire Dom Capers, and he ended up holding on to him for like three more years. But eventually, it came down to throwing the football. And the reason, remember, they came back in the Super Bowl was he just started letting it rip. Is do you trust Lamar to? If he's got to get into a position where he's got to throw 35 to 40, you know, plays in the next couple weeks, and maybe it might be the Super Bowl, but to win the Super Bowl playing just like he's played all season long. Because he's had a couple, and and I think he had to get some counters. Well, Johnny's had multiple five touchdown games. Well, yeah, guys, I remember watching the Monday night game against the Rams where they fucking boat raced him. He threw for 150 yards and five touchdowns. Is that, that might be an NFL record. Has anyone throw five touchdowns with 150 yards passing? Like, that's crazy, is it not? No, it, it is. <laughs> so it's just, I, my, my point is, I'm pro Lamar in the sense of he's an incredible guy. I root for high character guys, and he's just fun. I, I'm not, I didn't like him coming out, but I'll be the first to acknowledge I enjoy him now. But that stuff like that is, it's just beyond not normal. <laughs> like, that's, and it feels like he's done that a couple. I'd have to look at the box scores, but he's had a couple four or five touchdown games in the 100s. My, my question is not, can he win a Super Bowl this year so much? Even though I think that's a legit question. Uh, it's more about like three, four years from now, is he going to have to flip some of those numbers to continue to be an elite-level quarterback, right? Like, is he going to win and just it? just to maintain his health. Yeah, and that's where I go with Jimmy. Like, I, And I've said this all not all year because at the beginning of the year he wasn't doing it. But, but are we just playing like for the next three weeks? 
Well, that's the thing. We can move the goalposts depending on who you want to vote where. But I do think, yeah, if it's the next three weeks, then I think Lamar's got to be higher on this list. If it's just rank the guys, future bets, who would say no, all of that, then I think that that elevates Jimmy to me because one thing he does, and I think he does this at an elite level, is make throws inside the pocket with traffic around him. I mean, Lamar's stats are stupid. I know, John. They're insane. I mean, like, <laughs> like we make this list, and then he's at best fifth or sixth. Like that seems crazy. Guy, he 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 threw thirty six touchdowns this year. Six I know. Picks. <laughs> and he guy, he also ran for seven and twelve hundred yards. You could put him ahead of Rodgers, John. Yard. You could put him ahead of Rodgers. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna lean because I'm looking at it in the short term. We're just talking the two thousand. It's always weird because you're like the 2019 playoffs, but it's actually 2020. But this season's playoffs, he, I think you would put him ahead of Rodgers. Though I'm red flagging it and going historically, not historically, forever you don't win this way in these playoff games. Like I, I'll be, I'm actually, I'm not going to pick them to get upset because that would be a pretty crazy upset. But I, I'm not going to be shocked if all of a sudden it's a tie game in the second half against the Titans. Because you talk about a player, I mean, he's a coach now, but a guy that played on teams where you went, oh, Patriots, they got no chance against uh, Marshall Falk or Rich Gannon, and they have these crazy game plans on defense. And who was their team captain on defense? It was Mike fucking Vrabel. And Vrabel. It might have been Brewski. Was Vrabel the captain? Maybe he became one in his older days. But you know what I mean. Like, I I do think he's going to think in those terms, right? Yeah. Just ha- let's just attack these this guy. So if if Lamar's able to just do it, it will be. If Lamar wins the Super Bowl, guy, I think it's safe to say it's one of the great seasons in NFL history. I, yeah, Individual seasons for sure. So I, I that's where I struggle. But, like, but I don't think it, I I'm don't not going to be a I'm not going to be a hater and kind of push him down. No, no even no. though I'm reluctant. Uh, but I think there's two different things. If he wins the Super Bowl, it's a totally it's as legitimate as any of the Super Bowl has ever been. But I do think the question will remain three years from now. What does this look like? True. I and I, and I would imagine, and that's okay. Like right that now. doesn't take away the fact that he's got a super, freaking Super Bowl ring. Yeah. And it might be that it looks like he's got another Super Bowl ring. I don't know. Because uh, no one would have cared. Like the Kaepernick thing was short lived. If he would have won that game against the Ravens, right? It would have been Super Bowl champs, 2012. Uh, do you have Tannehill or Cousins last? Uh, you have to put Tannehill. You would. Yep. So I, I got Jimmy sixth. Though, I, it's like, it'd be like, you're the sixth best NBA player. Who's ahead of you? It'd be like, LeBron, Steph, Kevin. I mean, it's it's a pretty good group, right? It's nothing to be ashamed of. We're not, there aren't names like Derek Carr and Kyler Murray and just random, it wasn't even shot at Carr, but my point is like, this is the best of the best. The AFC, three of the four AFC quarterbacks beside Tannehill, that's where I say, if Brady and Breeze would have won, you could argue it's like the greatest collection of final eight quarterbacks of old guys mixed with young guys in like NFL history. We'd have to like, we could do a study. It'd be hard to beat. You have the GOAT, you'd have Breeze. So you got the number one guy, a top 10 guy. You have the three Pro Bowl guys from the AFC in Mahomes, who's the defending MVP, the MVP in Lamar, and then Deshaun, who's kind of just like the people's MVP. Like everyone that follows football is like, Deshaun's a badass. And then your worst quarterback would probably be like, Jimmy. Who's if that's your worst quarterback in the final? That's an incredible group. That's where Tannehill throws it off a little bit. But I think what makes Tannehill kind of just a unique guy is that he was once a top 
what was it like top 13 pick did he go like 12 or 11 yeah something like top that. pick top pick and he's legit talent from a big time program it's not like he's just some little engine he's not like he's Gardner Minshew or something right they just kind of came out of nowhere he was huge pick got paid and just injuries derailed him but people always said like he does have talent he is really like his physical gifts are top notch and then Cousins to me is more around the line of Gardner Minshew originally who then makes it and still kind of polarizes I, 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 I might have Cousins last I trust Tannehill just because, like, whatever. I, there's not. I don't know. I gotta put. Really I gotta put Cousins ahead of Tannehill. I. I mean, I think he is what that, he is. That might be, but the, what that he might is, be the hater in me. What he is still is a guy that sometimes makes some great, great throws, great plays. Yeah, I mean, he's got. He's got. Is there a better wide receiver combo in the in, in the NFL? He's got him though. Yeah, he's got. But I'm just saying, like, he he benefits. He's yeah. got some sweet weapons. No doubt. So does Tannehill. I mean, Tannehill's got the leading rusher in the league, and it's a really good group. That's why Jimmy plays well these next couple weeks, and we talk about it all the time. You play well in the primetime games, it's worth four or five regular season games. You play well in a playoff game, it just it trumps a lot, guy. It really does. Like It's hard to be a hater on Kirk Cousins unless he has like a three or four I don't think game. it is hard. I think people will find a way. I do too. Because he just won a game and her, you know. And again, it's, I don't know, there's a world that exists in between where he's fine and we don't have to reevaluate who he is every time because he's clearly good enough to win. I mean, he just did yeah. it on the road in New Orleans. Like, you do it on the road in New Orleans. But, uh, all right, what about just for the Niners in general? I mean, the value of here they are with a home game, you win this game, and then you're hosting either Aaron Rodgers. Or Russell Wilson. That's you could because then you win that game, and now that's the kind of thing that you live off for a long time. Like, how long would Jim Har if Jim Harbaugh wasn't uh, difficult to work with, John? How many years past his eight and eight year would he have been given a free pass before people Dude. would started to question? If they need to find another coach, like if he just if, eight if he eight, had beat his if he had beat his brother in the Super Bowl, no, if he had never won the Super Bowl, if he had had the four years he had, but he was easy to work with and there were no riffs and everybody was getting along, probably still be the head coach, guy. He won eight and eight, and then what would he do? To maybe to ten and seven. Like let's just say he never got back to that level. He but never made got the back playoffs to the once champ. or twice, like a yeah. wild cards. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you buy yourself uh, so much time with early success. Well, I mean, I think. Andy Reid is like the nice version of Jim. Remember, he went to Philly. By his second year, they're making the playoffs, and they just rattle off all the NFC championships. And they got to the Super Bowl and lost to Belichick. Right? It's like Jim didn't lose to Haberman and Middlecoff. He lost to John Harbaugh, who's easily one of the best coaches in the league. I think we've been talking a lot about the pressure on this game. But big picture, the pressure on this run, this is not basketball or baseball. When you have the one seed, everything comes to you. You don't have to leave. So the NFC is coming through San Francisco as long as they take care of business. So if you win these two games, if you make the Super Bowl in year three, I just think that he'd be like a made man for another half decade minimum. Now, you'd say if he makes a Super Bowl in year three, it'd be a huge upset if they're not in the playoffs a couple more times in the next five years. Like, that, he's that level of coach. Yeah. 
if he were to win the Super Bowl, to me, it's like he's the coach here for the next decade, regardless what happens. Look at Sean Payton and Drew Brees. Think of what's happened since 2009. He got suspended for a season, Sean Payton. Coach suspended his son, coach son's, for a uh, season. High team. Did you see that video? Back in the day? Well, he or, was the OC. Oh, that season. Yeah, but they ran into a team that ran like the triple option. and So, so they called Parcells. That. <laughs> and Guy, that team beat was, him again anyway. He was suspended for a season the year after he lost, would you say, a top five heartbreaking playoff game you've ever seen? That Alex Smith, the quarterback power, then they score to Jimmy Graham, and then Vernon Davis walks it off. Like that is as gut-wrenching of a playoff loss as you'll ever see. He suspended the next season. He starts missing the playoffs for a while. Well, well, he then comes he, back. He comes back, wins eleven games, but then he has three straight seven to nine seasons. The last three years, he just lost at home as the three seed. First thirteen and three team in NFL history did not make the second round. First thirteen and three team in NFL history did not make the second round to Kirk Cousins. Last year, he did get to the NFC Championship game, and luckily for his fans, they just blamed the NFL, not him. Which, I, I agree, kind of fair. And the year before, they lost in the Minneapolis Miracle when, what's the kids from Utah's? Mike Williams or something Williams? Steve Williams? Uh, um, no, he just got beat Williams. again on the play in the corner. Yeah, of the uh, <laughs> 43. Marcus. Uh, Marcus Williams. Uh, who, you know, clearly a bright, you know, solid young player playing for one of the better defense in the league. He's had a tough little stretch here, guy. And no one even thinks, like everyone's just like, oh, Sean Payton's one of the best coaches in the league. Won a Super Bowl. If Kyle can win a Super Bowl, to me, he's just a made man with the 49ers for like, I don't want to say for life. That's not really how it works, but for a long fucking time. I would go a decade. I would say the 2020s, Kyle's got the market cornered on the Niners head coaching job. Wins the Super Bowl. I wouldn't go that far if he just gets there. But if he gets there, that's maybe not a decade, but that's a solid like six years. So the difference of winning and losing the Super Bowl to me are like four years. It buys you so much time. Yeah. But you have to take advantage of it because it all comes back. Like you lose this weekend. Not that people will think Kyle's bad or anything. And same with Jimmy. But there is just that equity that it's it's just hard to ever take away. Well, and it's just it you just don't have that many shots, right? So like this year, let's say you go to the Super Bowl, next year somehow, for whatever reason, you're a wild card team, you win a wild card game and then you lose in the second round. No big deal. You lose. Wouldn't the, exam- wouldn't the example be like Doug? Well, Doug, yeah, that's win the Super Bowl. That's what I'm saying. He won the Super Bowl, and look, but I'm just saying, look at the last couple years. For sure. Won a playoff game, bounce some playoffs. He didn't like, just win a Super Bowl, though. I know, I know. <laughs> like Kyle winning a Super Bowl doesn't get a statue right away. No, he won a Super Bowl with Foles in Philly. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just Pursu- saying, you yeah, like it's different. If he goes to the Super Bowl this year, the next year, if he's a wild card team that only wins one game, you go, all right. If they get, if they lose to the Vikings, and then next year they're a wild card team that loses one, that only wins one game, you'd be like, well, this is not trending in the right direction, right? Um, by the way, you know, I've made the Peyton when we were doing Terrestrial Radio. I made the Sean Peyton, the Kyle Shanahan comp for me is maybe Sean Peyton. I was just looking, Sean Peyton. Has had, well, he's been there 13 years, but really he's coached 12 of them. Or maybe he's coached, what is it? Whatever it is. He's had, John. You got to look at him like a player. Yeah, he missed the ACL in 08. (laughs) Yeah, he got suspended for a year. He's had one, two, three, four, five, 
six. Uh, I think he's had seven or eight different leading rushers on his team in that span. Like that's going to be Kyle, right? If he's the coach yeah. somewhere for twelve years, he'll have six different guys that lead the team in rushing in those twelve years. Well, I'd say the one unknown is Jimmy. The is Jimmy the starting quarterback for twelve years for the Forty ers Well, I think he's the starting quarterback for eight, nine. I mean, you know, he's a little older, so it's hard. But yeah, I think he is the starting quarterback for the foreseeable future. Yeah, like that is that's a huge element to sustaining success. When you look at Andy in Philly, he had McNabb the the entire time till the end. Uh, you look at him in Kansas City, it looks like he went from Alex, and once he got – he's going to just have like two quarterbacks his whole run there. You look at Pete, they got Russell, and it's just Russell. You know, McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers for a long period of time. It's, it's, that's a huge element to sustaining success because shit gets weird when you change because usually when you change – and the Niners now are not going to look to change. Like they got a playoff-level quarterback who has all the talent – but you know, injuries, you just never know. Right? Let me ask. You just, I, I got a good. I think I got a good way of presenting this. So just, I'll give you like four different scenarios here. We'll go one at a time. How many years until there's any criticism on Kyle if they lose this week? How many like years will he get before people start going? Will you think you would start saying, "Wait, you got to win a playoff game"? I would say next year you'd be pressured to like win a playoff. Yeah, so game. like if, if, team was, if they lost to the Vikings and then next year wouldn't also, they be wouldn't they be wouldn't they be one of the favorites going into next year to like compete to make the playoffs? I think yeah, for sure. So if they lost, the point being like the way to set it up: if they lost to the Vikings and then next year didn't make the playoffs, so that'd be the 2020 season. Then I think going bad. into 2021, you'd people we'd be talking like, is this make it or break it? Right? Yes. Okay. You beat the Vikings. You go to the NFC Championship game. Is it the same, or do you get like another year based on that? You get a buffer year. Okay. You go to the Super Bowl because ultimately Ru- Russell or Rogers beating you. You, you know, go so to the it's not as bad. You go to the Super Bowl next year. You don't make the playoffs. Are we talking about the ne- the next? You still get the next year too before right? We'd be two well, years th- completed away from talking about like make or breaks. I think you go to the Super Bowl. It's not inconceivable he gets a contract extension. Well, he should. Season. Well, he would. I think it's a good yeah. point. So I think you, I think the only way you 100% get a contract extension, you win the NFC. And then it's like, we got Kyle Shanahan. We love this guy. You got three years left on your deal. We'll just add three more years. You're, just, you're a coach for the fucking decade. You, Same with Lynch. You, you probably guys, would even offer him the extension before the Super Bowl. He wouldn't take it. But you might offer it before the Super Bowl. Before the game is played, yeah, you might just tell his agent like, "Hey, man, you want to do an extension right now?" I'd be like, "Ah, oh, let's watch, let's wait, let's wait." <laughs> Matt Rule just got uh, six years and seventy million, so let's just hold but off. The, but it, the Niners are already paying. Like Kyle got six years, forty-two million. Like Kyle got a shitload of money. I'm just saying, you, know? you would not accept an extension before the Super Bowl if you were Kyle Shanahan. Well, you, uh, no, you would not, unless it was like you're going to add three years at thirty-five, forty million, right? Something like that. Like Kyle's that, already making huge cash. No, I know. That's what's weird about these football coaches, guy, is they're making just hedge fund money, but they're not businessmen. They don't, they're just, they work all the time. Like, they don't, they just, I, I can't imagine what some of these guys say. Like, I look at my savings account, it's like, you know, there's $13,000. I mean, what, what do some of these guys have in their savings account? Like $17 million? Your point is they don't go anywhere or they don't yeah. blow their money in any way. Well, they just don't have any time. They're just always working. They just they just football. None of them drive. They all drive just like GMC 
right you Sierras. Just, but but even if they Tahos. want to drive a Mercedes or oh, whatever, yeah, just, okay, there's a lot of like, Mercedes out there. Yeah, it's like ninety thousand dollars. You make fucking eight million dollars. Like that's nothing. To me, it's just yeah. I, I think what complicates it for Kyle is like, are you better off just getting a couple more years and seeing where this market goes? And then get waiting for an extension. Like you might just turn down the extension because you're like, well, we're just two years away. I'm gonna keep kicking ass, and I'm gonna I want to get astronomical amount of money. Right. Like you give me a ten year, hundred million dollar deal. Like Gruden got that, and he disappeared forever. <laughs> yeah. But there, there, there is like I think back to your first question. You lose this weekend, it gets a little complicated. Of just your equity is like, well, how, how can you win the big game, Mike Zimmer? But the argument yeah, would be like, well, he's only the, the counter would be like, here's what I would say is you lose this weekend. It would be bad. I don't think I'd look at him like, how come you can't win? I mean, part of it is how does it look? But yeah, but again, like you just is a black and white league. You got to win the fucking playoff game. I don't, I don't you just got to. Oh, win. I agree. But I wouldn't look at I wouldn't go. God, how come Kyle can't win the big game? I wouldn't say that. 100 percent. But my point is next year it would be like, well, we got to make we got to get back. Yeah. And for sure. example, Sean McVay's first year, they lost. Remember to Atlanta, the Atlanta Falcons. They were the three. The Atlanta was the six. And they lost. What did he do the next year? Win, win, Super Bowl. He lost it, but he got to the Super Bowl. So no one even says, like, can Sean McVay? Like, there is no question right now. Like, are we sure Sean McVay can win playoff games? Yes, we are. We have tangible proof. Yeah. <laughs> he's, been in, he's been in four games. He's won two of them. I would you know? be shocked so if I, we're having that conversation. I just, I really do believe in. I agree. Family. My point is you just win this weekend. It just, the conversation's impossible. It just, it happen, it, it's yeah. impossible to have that. That's where I think there is, like, I, there is so much tangible pressure this Sunday or this Saturday afternoon that because then the, there's a conversation <clears throat> that can just never be had. And that is kind of the elephant in the room, fair or not, because I think, yeah, I mean, good coaches have lost playoff games. It's not even that abnormal. But you just don't want to even get there, you know, because then Jed can just doesn't have to worry about any public perception because the public perception is we just got a great coach. He wins playoff games. Like, you just say things concretely. Mm-hmm. Like, we got a guy that we can just win big games with and playoff games. Right. Like, well, you never won a playoff game. Like, you can't say that about, like, Doug Peterson. Like, yeah, he can win playoff games. You know I mean? Fuck, he, he gave you a chance with Josh McCown. You, Pete Carroll's won how many playoff games? I was looking yesterday. Do you know how many playoff games Mike McCarthy won? Well, he's in the, isn't he second among, like, is it active ten. coaches or whatever? What's the he has, t- he has ten playoff wins. Ten. Well, only Bill has more right now, right? That's crazy. Ten. I, and I think Andy's got like 12. Oh, I thought he was second in some category. I think Andy has more playoff victories than him. Okay. But I, I'm going to double check. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's a game changer. It's the another home game for Levi's. The, the Levi's stadium, we've talked about this, but the mystique grows pretty quickly when you start playing playoff games there. When you host an what? NFC champ, when you have an NFC championship celebration <clears throat> trophy presentation, NFC podium post game, Jed York, here's the trophy, congratulations, thank you, Chris Myers or whoever, right? Like that's that's big time. That's a big time photo op. That's better than well, just th- three of the four uh, Backstreet Boys are here for uh, you, boys you, to men. You, sorry, are here you know for the- a goodbye ceremony. When I when I worked in Philly, the first picture you see when you walk into the players' locker room, like this little stretch, is 
Brian Dawkins at the link when they beat the Atlanta Falcons to go to the Super Bowl holding up the trophy. And I think I think actually Chris Myers might have been Dan Patrick. One of those two guys standing right next to him. Oh, it's Terry Bradshaw. Like that's just it's a it's an iconic moment for every franchise not named the Patriots. <laughs> like winning the winning your conference, going to the Super Bowl for every team not named the Patriots is massive. Even the Packers. Think about this. For as great as Rodgers' career's been, he's been to one Super Bowl. One. You know? I mean, that's... Like, Russell's been to more. And you'd say, well, Rodgers had the better career. Russell's been to two. That's a big difference. Yeah. And and I think Russell can say, we played you in a champion in an NFC Championship game and we beat you. What was that, 14? In the game where the Packers were kicking their ass. Mm-hmm. So you just... I, I'm getting nervous in the sense of like we're in the business of the Niners. Like I, I it just it would suck to have them out. I could stomach it after the NFC Championship game. <clears throat> just I mean, only two teams go. Weird shit happens in the NFC Championship game. We, how we've seen it with the Niners before. That Green Bay game. Remember that game got weird at the end. Just wasn't there an onside kick or something? They fucked something up. I forget. Packer fans won't want to hear that. But it's like you made the NFC Championship game. Again, any team not named the Patriots, it's an unreal season. Think about last year, the Chiefs. It was a devastating ending. That was the first time they'd been to the AFC Championship game since like 1992. Joe Montana. So it's like, yeah, it sucked, and it was a heartbreaking way to lose. But relative to your franchise, that is a massive – they hosted it. Well, I was listening to NFL radio driving uh, Tuesday morning, and there was some Giants caller that was talking about like how many years of suffering he's had. And the guy's like, well, hold on a minute. Like the Chiefs, the Chiefs have had a lot of suffering historically, like in the last 30 years. The Giants, I mean, you've had some suffering, but you'd have, you would say between those two franchises, the Giants have just had more success. They've won two Super Bowls than the Chiefs not, have. Not two Super, two Super Bowls in the last 12 years. Right. <laughs> so they, the first one was 08, like February of 08. The other one was February of 12. Like that, I mean, it is a long time ago, but it ain't. It's not a history when, of misery. When the, the Chiefs win a Super Bowl, in like Super Bowl two, I mean, with Hank Stram, what the hell is going on? Or is that Lombardi? Lindos. Whatever the NFL film, smoking. Yeah, I mean, the hell's going on out there? If you've been to one AFC Championship game in thirty years, and one team has won two Super Bowls in the last twelve, you you have nothing in common. No. It's like one story I remember this year when they signed Garrett Cole was like the Yankees. Did not even make it to a World Series this decade. It's like, yeah, well, I felt like I watched fucking a million of your playoff games. Like, if this was a shitty decade, like, it's you guys got high standards, and they do. Yeah. But it's like the Yankees can't look at themselves like, you know, we just had just as shitty of a decade as like, uh, as the Orioles. No, I mean, you guys, your decade was pretty solid. You know, they're used. To, if you're if you're a franchise that's used to like a championship a decade, you're just. The Lakers, the like you're a rare breed, right? Uh, all right, remember gentlemen. when the Warriors? Remember when the Warriors won it? They're like they haven't won it since '75. Yeah, <laughs> you got people like me and you, married, kids, bald. It's like we've been living life a long time. We were we were ten years away from being born when that was happening. It's crazy. The Knicks. That's another one with the Knicks. Like they. They haven't been in the NBA Finals since the 90s, and they haven't won a championship since 72. Right. That's, that's a long time, guys. It's a long time you to got be some, upholding the standard as if it's uh Yeah, you got like a 45-year-old guy that's never witnessed a championship. 
Uh, before we move on, let's tell the people about SeatGeek. Download the app. The promo code is HAM. SeatGeek is easy. It's the fastest way to find tickets. Millions of tickets from all over the web together in one place. The tickets are then rated on a scale of 1 to 10, like as easy as a scale as you can get. If you're like, 1 to 10 is tough. Great. It gets even easier. They got big green dots that tell you good deal and little red dots that tell you bad deal. It's as easy as that. Well, guy, I checked. I think the prices went down when it turned out it wasn't going to be Seattle for this game, playoff game. You can get in right now for about two sixty. Seat Geek. If you live in the Bay Area, well, you live in Sacramento, you live in Valley, it. you live in LA. I mean, you can get in for a relatively cheap price to watch a potential 49er playoff victory if you're a 49er fan. The NFC Championship game, given that it's gonna be, you know, a high value team, you notice it's about double. Uh it's five hundred get in price. So clearly you want to watch Rodgers, you wanna watch Russell, also you wanna watch a team win the NFC. It's gonna cost you. So this might be the economical, friendly game to see if you want to take little Jimmy or little Billy or whoever your little son's name is to a game or maybe your friend, maybe your dad, whoever. Download the SeatGeek app, promo code HAM. Or if you want to save a lot of money, you can go with Haberman to the Stanford game Saturday afternoon. Watch that thing, tip off three. We can get in there for about 10 bucks. <laughs> uh, it's also good for tickets. Uh, it's also good for tickets to concerts, uh, any live events, comedy shows, all that good stuff. And the best part is every purchase fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets with confidence. I've got the SeatGeek app on my phone. John's got it on his phone. Download it. Use the promo code HAM. Get 10 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. Do all it. Right. All right, John. Um, Tua Tongo Valoa announced that he is going to be in the NFL. We've talked about this uh, on the last pod that it might happen. That's indeed what he declared on Monday. So the question is, remember, this was a conversation last year. Would the Raiders want Kyler Murray? Well, the question applies again now to the Raiders. Can the Raiders get to a hip injury? And if they want him, could they sit at 12 and still get him? Remember Gruden took the A's hat and had Kyler sign it? That's right. Uh, I think the only way he's there at 12, if there turns out after the combine or whenever he gets his medical checks, there are legitimate question marks. Like, we don't know how this is going to turn out. And it's just a great unknown where people freak out. I don't, I I would say that feels like an upset at this point. Like just his spirits and the way that it kind of feels around him. It doesn't look like it's that scary of a situation. Like he feels pretty confident on it. One thing he said is his doctor told him, look at it like, or I guess he said he talked to a bunch of GMs and the GM said they look at it like a knee injury. And so he's like, yeah, I'm just going to come back from like a knee injury to my upper body. If that's the case, I I feel 95% confident he won't sniff getting to pick 12. That's where the Raiders, though, have the curveball. They do have a lot of assets. They have another first-round pick. Uh, they, have the, they have 19, which I don't – would you trade 12 and 19? I mean, if you loved them to get to three, that's a lot. They do have a couple third-round picks. Uh, they could always trade next year's one, right? They could give you a 12 and next year's one, so they keep 19. They could they could do a lot. I mean, they got they have wiggle room that if they wanted to get aggressive, that maybe the Lions at three are like, we'll trade back, give us pick 12, next year's one, and a third round, you know, the Bears third round pick or something, right? I, they, they, could, they could do something like that. So, because they're 12, because tw- 12, 
is it that far? It's not like 20, right? You can still get a really good player at 12 if you're a team like the Lions. I'm just I'm just talking out loud. Like I would you trade 12 and 19? I think that's what you'd have to trade to like get to pick one, maybe. Um because it'd be a no-brainer, right? If you love Tua or Burrow, if you were Gruden, you would trade 12 and 19 if you thought that guy was gonna be a franchise quarterback. You wouldn't even hesitate, right? If you could get Mahomes yeah. or if, Watson, yeah. you would do it. If right. you knew it. I mean, if and that's when you look at these or Wentz or whoever, like you would you would do that, you would pay that freight. Let me ask you this. Do you think Detroit will consider a quarterback? Well, their their thirty one year old quarterback ended the season with a broken back. So I think you'd be crazy not to. Do you think Jacksonville would consider a quarterback? Where are they picking? Nine. I think they'd like to not. I mean, they do have a couple guys. They just drafted a guy, and they paid full, so they just have two guys. Okay. So, by that count, John, there are five teams ahead of the Raiders. For all these years we've talked about, like, remember last year, it was like, well, how many teams really need a quarterback? Right now, there are five teams ahead of the Raiders. I'd say Cincinnati at one, Detroit at three, Miami at five, the Chargers at six, and Carolina at seven that would all consider taking a quarterback. So, if you want to take a quarterback – in a draft where there's not that many quarterbacks and you're the Raiders, I think you can't you gotta get at least to like six. I don't think you'd be any lower than six because Cincinnati's taken one, so now we're down to if we go Herbert, Burrow, Tua, right? So one of them's yep. gone. The three that matter. Let's say Detroit doesn't, but you still got Washington and the Giants around them who might be willing to trade out of that spot because there's a run of three teams in a row at five Miami, six the Chargers, and seven the Panthers that you got to figure at least one of them has taken a quarterback, if not two. So I think you're going to have to get up to like – to take the second quarterback in this draft, I think you got to get up to like four at the – you might even have to get to three if Detroit wants to do it. If Detroit wants to take a guy, then you really have to get to four. So I think the Giants are in a premium position to trade out because they've got a bunch of teams behind them that will want a quarterback, and so teams will want to get ahead of that group of three teams. What, what, what pick are the Giants? The Giants are four. Couldn't you justify if you are, let's say Burrow goes, say Burrow goes one. One. And Chase Young Ch- goes two. Two. And then, three to the Lions. Let, let's just say the Lions take Justin Herbert. Let's just say that. Okay. So then Tua sitting there at four. If you're the Giants, why wouldn't you, let's say Gruden love Tua. You just go 12 and 19, done deal now. Yep. And if you love Tua, it's not that crazy. I would not criticize Gruden for doing that. Well, what if you're Miami? <clears throat> Miami has five. Well, that's where Miami could come in. They go five and one of the picks in the 20s, right? Well, 18. But if, or would you, would you rather? I, I, guess I think rather Gruden will 12, not want to give 12, 12 and 19 for four. That's a lot. If you're the Giants, would you rather have 12 and 19 or five and like, you know, uh, 35, 30, no, 37? Would you rather have like the Dolphins first, their fifth pick and then their second? I would rather have the fifth pick. Fifth is pretty the, powerful. So the Dolphins. Sweet could, guy. And then I'm getting a. And then I'm ideally getting like a Nick Chubb, a really cheap, sweet asset. In the second round. If you're, you said the Giants? If you're the Giants, you could flip-flop with Miami 4-5 and five and then get their second. Because you could always use a couple twos to get back into the one. 
right? I, I think five is just dramatically more valuable than 12. So it's going to be complicated. Like if the Raiders did want one, this is where if Derek Carr, if you really like Derek Carr, you're in a great position to just use those picks, get two sweet players where it feels like they like them, but they don't love them. And they're just open to everything that it makes it a little complicated. The one thing that could save Derek with you just kind of throwing these scenarios out, it is going to be a little more difficult than I first thought. Maybe now hearing it, you know, I got to I think my does Miami have another? I only wrote down the top. Yeah, they, they got three ones. What's their they other? Got, what's their third one? Well, the Houston Texans because they traded them Larry okay. Tunzel. They have their first round pick. So they're the, if you're the Miami Dolphins, you're rooting for the Texans to lose this weekend. And then you got the Steelers, which is 19, and then you'd have like might the 25th have, it might, pick. Uh, it might be 18, 18 or 19. Or 18. But yeah, I said 19. It's eight. It, it, it's, 18 it's 18 because, because the, the Bears, the Bears 19, are yeah. not. Yeah. Um, would you say that worked out? How how would I think when you traded Laramie Tunzel to the Texans, you knew the Texans are probably going to make the playoffs. So you're like, that. we're trading Laramie Tunzel. But we got two first-round picks. That's the other thing if you're Miami. And a second. <laughs> they got a lot of juice, guy. Yeah. Where I think when the when this Minka Fitzpatrick trade happened, I would imagine they were thinking the Steelers were going to win five or six games. And that 19 was probably, they were hoping it would be like 10 or 18. That's not as ideal as I think you were hoping. I mean, they ended up going eight and eight. I, I think you were thinking probably five and eleven, and that pick was would be maybe you'd have two top ten picks. Still not bad, but it's not. It's a little like last year with Amari and Khalil. You were hoping for better than twenty four and twenty seven. Now eighteen and twenty five is better than twenty four and twenty seven, right? But you traded the best. I mean, one of the best DBs in the league. And one of the best left tackles in the league. Like, kind of like Amaro. Even they traded two better players when you just top to bottom because Minka and Laramie are both better than Amari. And Khalil, not necessarily this year, but just historically is better than probably them all. But that's. We've had a lot of big trades for first round picks, it feels like. Yeah. I, a, little, a little NBA ish. And you also got, you know, I think Indy at 13 might want to move. And who knows? Tampa at 14. I don't know if they would move, there, but they would take a also, guy. There's also a guy, though, going to be an influx of veteran guys moving teams. Right. You know, so like Phillip Rivers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees can be a free agent. The Daltons, potentially Cam. Because I, I would say, do you feel any different with Cam and Matt Rule? Like, I think it's an easy one if you're Matt Rule just to move on. Or you can just bring him back for a year. I mean, you can do whatever you want when you get $75 million. <laughs> But I mean, it's, you keep him. I, I saw. I heard Reggie Bush today with Coward. He's like, it could make or break his career. No, no, it won't. I mean, the if Cam he cuts him, no. Yeah, I mean, Cam's been a shell of himself for two years. He hasn't been healthy. Won't make or break anything. What will make or break his career though is getting a quarterback. Same yeah. with Brian Flores. Same with all these guys. Same I, with Gruden. Like, you know, is is if he sticks with Derek then there is tangible pressure, right? Let's just say he rolls it back with Derek and like Deshaun Kaiser or any of those, Peterman or any of those guys, that's his backup. There's pressure on just nailing these couple picks because they're going to, he's not going to try to go seven and nine again. But as we saw this year, the Chiefs are going to be the heavy favorite to win the West. The Chargers are kind of a great unknown because their roster is really good, but we don't know who their quarterback is as we're recording this. Kind of feels like Rivers, that's over. So are they gonna are they gonna play with a rookie? Are they gonna would they sign like a Dalton? Do they end up getting Tom Brady? 
And then the Broncos are kind of a team trending in the – I mean, they just beat the Raiders. They went 7-9, same record as the Raiders. They have their young quarterback. Now they don't – they also get Bradley Chubb back off injury. He tore his ACL this year. They're going to be good. Or just as good. Like, they're going to view themselves like, why can't we finish second in this division, right? Fangio's proven a grown-up. AFC West is kind of interesting. There's just a lot of unknown at, like, key spots. Like, who are the Raiders and Chargers quarterback? I just think, back to the original point that you made, I would be, at this point, with a lot still to be determined, surprised if Tua was there at 12 for the Raiders. If they didn't have to move to get him. I feel pretty confident that he will not be. Yeah, I'm with you. But they have the juice to get up if they want. I mean, they can make an offer that's just like, because the you can would you do that if he's gonna if you think he's gonna be healthy, but you know it's not gonna be this year. If yeah, like two is gonna make a full recovery, but he's not gonna be the quarterback this year. Yeah, the Chiefs did that with Eric Smith, so you bet your ass that John Gruden can do that with Derek Carr, who's never played in a playoff game. Alex had one playoff games, so they could. Because if you're a Giants fan, if I say, well, it's Joe Judge character, if on draft day I go from four to get twelve and nineteen. If I was a Giants fan, I'd be kind of happy. Like, that's that's a pretty good haul, right? We'd have to do the math, like the numbers. But anytime you get two first-round no, picks feels in good. the same that draft. Feels, that feels good, yeah. It feels right to me. Because you can get two sweet players right away. Would you need more than that? No. I wouldn't, but I would take Miami's offer. I would say, Miami, how about five and whatever the Texans pick ends up being? That even feels like if you're Miami, you're like, ah, yeah, you're not doing that unless you love, unless you think it's Pat Mahomes. But five and I didn't look. I assume they still have their second round pick. Who? Miami. They didn't do a pick swap, did they? No, guy. They got. They have Houston second round pick, so they got two second round picks. I, <laughs> they didn't flip flop. <laughs> no, they didn't flip flop. You don't do that when you're when you're the one giving the sweet player. Sources say. Uh, all right, John. Let's uh, let's talk about NFL coaching because a lot's happened uh, early in the week. McCar- Mike McCarthy, Matt Rule, and uh, I'm glad you said Joe Judge. I was going to call him Rob Riggle. All got NFL head coaching jobs. Uh, none of them were NFL uh, uh, coordinators last year. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty crazy. You say three jobs got filled, and none of them are by guys who coordinated in the NFL last year. These are big jobs too. The Giants, well, the Cowboys, McCar- and the McCarthy's Pan- unique though. Well, I know. I'm right? just saying, like it's yeah, it is crazy. It is wild. But it's you, you know on you know on Twitter sometimes when like uh, when Garrett Cole or it'll happen like when Donaldson signs his four year hundred million dollar deal here in the next month, and everyone's gonna go play baseball, kids, right? That that always happens. Like tell your kids to play baseball. It's like yeah, tell them to do that. Most of them won't make it fucking past little league. Like, no, tell your kids to read. But if one thing anyone can do, like, if you are going to become a coach, I'll tell you what, coach football, kids. Because, as we know, don't coach baseball. They, they want to pay low wages. <laughs> I mean, Kapler's entire, entire staff probably makes combined $1.5 million, including his salary. When you look at the money these guys are getting, I, I, I can't, I think it's almost understated how much fucking money is being given in the sport of football, college included. You told me this morning we were talking about Kellen Moore, will he stay or will he go? Clearly Jerry wants to keep him, and Washington wants him. 
And I was like, well, how much would Washington pay him to be his offensive coordinator? And you're like, well, they paid Jimmy Lake last year $1.5 million to be the defensive coordinator. That was the University of Washington. The Matt Rule today, Dave Tepper, cut a $6 million check to Baylor for the buyout. So here's your money. On top of giving him you a $6 million. You should be like, here's your money, and I want, it, you, I want it to be, whatever you build with it, I want it named after me. <laughs> yeah. And then he signed Rule to a $60 million contract to get up to $70 million. When you just say $60, $70 million, what do you think? I think like shooting guard, starting center fielder, uh, a pro bowl right guard. You know, I don't, I don't think fucking head coach from Baylor. I, I, I think we are just flippantly and I do this too, but I, but I don't because I can visualize I've worked in the league and I know how much money I made. I was at the bottom talking to someone yesterday. You, you and I know a couple of people that are just out of work right now in the sport of football just because their staff got fired. And the difference between like just being fired and being a guy that's like rising at rapid rates, there is no difference. It's just about working for the right guy. Mm. And then you just take off like a rocket ship and you're one move away from having the right agent get you the fucking New York Giants job. Joe Judge, who you, me, and I'd say most people that casually follow football probably outside of like the New England area would not have known who that was. No chance, because I didn't. I, I mean, maybe I'd heard his name once in passing, but I don't even know if I did. Because, uh, guy, a New York Giants hired a Patriot assistant. You'd be like, oh, fuck, Josh McDaniels finally left. They hired his wide receiver coach. How about if I was like, no, not that one? If jo- Not Josh McDaniels? If, you were like, if I was like, no, 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 different assistant. What would you I would say? Have been, I would have been like, Steve Belichick got a head job. No, 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 not Steve, different guy. Gerard uh, Mayo? Yeah. Uh, they, Ernie Acorsi finally uh, left. <laughs> Bernie, uh, I don't know. I don't know who I'd say. I would not. Na- Who's I, their Joe, line I coach? Skarnacki, but he's too old. He's not going to do But that. I mean, you just start naming people, You the people you yeah, heard of. You'd be like, Skarnacki, uh, New York guy? Do you agree that the level of money that these guys are getting paid is like, has like, not jumped the shark because I they, they earned it. It's the going rate. It's the market. But it's, it's gotten pro athlete level. Well, like it feels it's, like it's finally it's catching up to what college like the top college coaches, right? I mean, Jimbo Fisher was guaranteed, not he got a contract potentially worth. Jimbo was guaranteed seventy five million. So Matt Rule just signed an NFL contract that still doesn't reach Jimbo's guarantee. You're right. College was kind of like college they were was paying, first because they started like taking NFL coaches, paying paying defensive coordinators two million dollars. They were they've been doing that for a while. Like well, Clemson, because they're the ones where winning actually makes you. Like in the NFL, you just as it funds your whole, it, it funds it funds your whole department. Uni- department, John. Universities. Yeah. Alabama pays Nick Saban a blank check because their enrollment has gone through the their their applications have gone through the roof since their football team started winning football games. And you know what? You know what? Any institution wants out of freaking state tuition, and they got yeah. it. So, like, I think it's been tied to a university's bottom line for so long. Guy, I've thought at in my thirties, like God, it would have been kind of cool to go to Alabama or Georgia or something. Like it's crossed my mind. Gra- like, I get why degree? all these kids leave. <laughs> I have a kind of a fake one from Fresno State up there. Back to school? <laughs> do you do online courses where I can just fly out to the? That's not games? what you want. You don't want the online course. <laughs> no, but I but I live out here. It's you want to go live right in the now. dorms? But out of state tuition, like you say, is like fifty grand. Three and out pod coming to you from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be right there. <laughs> It's your time to hit the beer bong, John. 
<laughs> Are you getting in this yeah, Madden I mean, tournament or not? You're right. I mean, freshman just, 15, the, you're 36. <laughs> college, college did kind of up the stakes. You know, they've been paying guys eight to ten million dollars before even the NFL. Like Stabo and Nick and Urban, they've been making enormous. Bob Stoops, remember Bob Stoops? I remember Bob Stoops making like five, six million in like 2006. Be like, we ain't letting Bob Stoops go. No, because you had to Jesus. Start, you had to keep these guys. The irony is that the list, the list in the last. 20 years, the college coaches that have turned into great NFL coaches, or good NFL coaches. You'd go Harbaugh, you are Pete, You are right. Bill O'Brien. But, see, to me, Bill O'Brien is an NFL coach that went to college he, and then went okay, right back Okay, we can split NFL. hairs over him, but he was not an NFL head coach. But no, fine. He was a but I'm just saying, like, who? The track but record think, is not great. But, see, here back in the day, like, there was just a normal path. Like a guy, if you just looked at a guy's resume from like the '90s, it was like he got his he was a GA at where he played, or like where his college coach ended up working. Then he became a position coach for like an SEC or a Pac-10 school, and then like he got a shot as a position coach in the NFL, and then he became a coordinator. It was like everyone's resume kind of looked the same. Now they don't really. There's just you convince me. If you told me that the New York Giants had hired Clemson's wide receiver coach, or, who knows? I, I wouldn't have been that shocked. And and that's where I get back to the money. Like, Joe Judge, who was... Like, I was talking to someone today telling me this. They told me that I was wrong the way... Because I was saying that the New York Giants and the Carolina Panthers wanted Joe Judge. Or, excuse me, wanted Matt Rule. It had been talked about for a while that Matt Rule was the Giants' number one guy that they wanted. He had worked for the Giants before, Jersey guy. Just look at him, you're like, this guy would work there. That and same with Carolina. They were Carolina was kind of open minded. They were just gonna go big game hunting. Whether they get Josh McDaniels, they were just gonna try to find someone sweet. And what I was told is that Joe Judge, the Giants never interviewed Rule. They were planning on it, right? They wanted him to fly there. Tepper flew to Rule. The Joe Judge interviews with the Giants two days ago. They're blown away by him. And they're just like, we can't let this guy get out of the building. And I'd go, get out of the building? Where's he fucking going? Go get out of the building? Like, we'll just go back to Belichick? Like, he's not leaving anywhere. And they they signed him right there. And what I was told, again, on the judge kind of side, is that they just fell in love with judge. And then they canceled the rule. And then you and I were talking earlier, Rap Sheet tweeted that rule ultimately, like, gave him a chance, like, Richard Sherman style with John Schneider, like, you can match. And they're like, no, we're not matching. Well think about this and this is where I'm like okay and this guy's adamant that that's the truth I'd say yeah I think there's some truth to that but here's what I know Matt Rule was going to cost 60 to 70 million dollars Joe Judge when I asked how much money he's making I couldn't get a concrete answer I know relative right three to four year deal four million dollars a year so we're talking at most 15 million dollars total so you do the math 15 million to 60 even if he doesn't hit the incentives like Richard Sherman's contract no incentives 60 million. That's a big fucking difference. Here's another kicker. Matt Rule had a lot of juice, like a Lincoln Riley, where he was going to come in there and be able to kind of dictate terms. Well, who wants to dictate the terms with the Giants? Gettleman. So, get who benefits from cuz someone texted me today a media member in another city was like you you think that Gettleman chose Judge? No. I mean, I, ultimately, the Mars are decision makers, but they trust clearly Gettleman. Who do you think he's saying he wants? A guy that's going to listen to him. Or Matt, Matt Rule or Josh McDaniels, 
I know they've said we're keeping Gettleman, but the moment those guys sign on the dotted line, we've seen it with Chip and Howie, we've seen it with John and, and Reggie, it's the end for that guy. So, yeah, there's truth to like, maybe they, Joe Judge, who is a Saban guy, then a Belichick guy, who, 37 years old, I'll, I'll say fair to say, he's probably fucking super high level. And if you and I sat down with him, we'd be like, God damn, this guy, he's working for Josh. I, I'm not even, it has nothing to do with him. But to think that the Giants, you know, it was the easy hire. I mean, they hired a 37-year-old guy that no one else was interviewing that was cheap. Again, cheap relative to like you, me, and everyone listening would die to have $15 million. But you're talking about a guy, $60 million, that's before incentives. Guy, that's a that's a starting shortstop. I mean, that's just, that's a shitload of money. So I got a couple thoughts here. One would be if he was really the guy they didn't want out of the building, why didn't they hire him until Matt? Why did they wait until Matt Rule was announced? Like, why didn't they just hire him? Why did Why didn't he get hired before well, Matt they, Rule? Well, they didn't interview him. They They interviewed him two days ago or a day ago. But I'm they just saying just to this morning, Matt Rule. It's Matt Rule's the Carolina Panthers coach. Whoa! Hour later, Joe Judge is the Giants coach. Whoa! Like, why did the, Why did one come after the other? Well, that's who was like, waiting on con- who. Well, I heard Coward say it this morning perfectly. You can't convince me. I don't give a shit who tells a story or tweets what that they didn't freak out. Like, like you said, just just follow the just follow the timeline. But have they not? Why would they? Um, why yeah. would they immediately not? Oh, we've hired Matt Judge or Joe Judge or Aaron Judge or whatever the fuck Judge's name. You're right. The timeline is where. Honestly, this has nothing to do with me. Like, I, I'm not talking even shit about Judge. I know nothing about him. I mean, like like most people, know nothing about him. To me, it's a reflection on the Giants. And I also think this speaks to, and I tweeted about this, it used to matter a lot. Like, my parents' generation, my parents are big on this. Like, when we did, when we'd have a remodel, we hired our friends. When we would do something, their friends were involved. People they knew, the loyalty to the companies they went with, went to the same hardware store, went to the same nugget market. It was like they wouldn't even think about going to the Safeway. It was loyalty was big. And for a long period of time in America, like the loyalty of just a brand mattered. You'd want to work for the giant, the New York Giants, because that's where Bill Parcells coached. Mm. I think in 2020, January 7th, as we sit here, it, that type of stuff has never meant less. And a huge part of that is the money. Because it's like, well, if we're, if you, one guy would pay me a million and the other guy would pay me $800,000, is it cooler to be the Giants head coach than the Panthers head coach? Of course. Like, no one's arguing their fan base is infinitely bigger. The market's way sweeter. No one's arguing that. But this notion that, like, wait, I'm, I'm getting offered $60 million. <laughs> 60 so you guys want to match? Like that's I get Parcells and my picture also, will be right up there with Par- like that doesn't matter anymore, guy. How about I, I, I think down, the loyalty John, is just never. Who's the other thing last. though? Uh, also, he sat down with David Tepper and what Dave Gettleman. Well, I don't think that's the other. That's what I was told by the judge camp. They actually never even got to talk to Rule, but they well, no, know because him. the one story was he called them after the Panthers thing. Like one side of the story is he called them after the Panthers thing. Said basically talked me into flying up there, match whatever. But he also sat down with an impressive guy. His name is David Tepper. He was the assistant. He was assistant owner. He was a minority owner in the Steelers. Like, this guy, he's throwing money around, John. Like, it might be even if that stuff holds up, who's to say he sits down with the Giants and is more impressed with them? Well, might not have been. Is, well, 
who is John Mara guy? Self-made billionaire that bought the Giants 15 years ago? No, I don't think so, John. I think he's a higher level. Well, no, I mean, say what you were going to say. That's I was going to say a higher level Dean Spanos, but I don't know if that's fair. But he's the son of somebody who bought a team or the grandson. Well, he, uh, who, who's to say that he's a higher level? He's just skinny. I don't know, but I, that's just my perception. Wealth. Yeah. Yeah I, yeah, I think you would argue there are a lot of similarities with him and Dean Spanos. Look at the two coaches that he's hired even before Judge. The two coaches that he's just paid to go away. So in four years from McAdoo to Shermer to where they're at now with Judge, I bet if you added all three guys' contracts up, do you think they equal Matt Rules? So McAdoo, his $12 million. No. Shermer, his right. $15 million, no. And this guy's $15 million. Just start doing the math. So... And I had someone, a league exec, tell me this a while ago, that some of these guys, like the Maras, they have an unlimited amount of money. But they still kind of think like when John was growing up with Papa Mara, a million dollars was a lot. You know, $5 million was a lot. But the decimals have changed, even though their mind and their mindset hasn't changed. David Tepper doesn't look at $60 million like that much money. Because at the end of the day, with what his business is generating, it's just a line item. Like it's... it. Because someone tweeted at me like, how can you even make a judgment of who knows? I don't know what's going to work. But I know this, that Rule was the Giants' number one candidate. You will not convince me otherwise. Maybe McDaniels was, but they were both ahead of, of this guy. And if it doesn't work out, you have so much money. You're getting all this money from the media deals on top of what you're generating. So if you got to pay, if Matt Rule fails, let's say in three years, it's clear he's like a Chip Kelly type. And you're like, this. just see ya. <laughs> You know, it's just, you may pay him a little more to go away, but like, we've, Jed York, no problem paying guys to go away back. Mark Davis paid a fucking guy. The, the, the money to pay guys away has never meant less given how much these guys are making. So, I don't even give Tepper that much credit for making this crazy offer. It was just the market offer he had to make, and the Giants want no part of making an offer like that, and they end up with a guy that's really cheap. Yeah. I mean, it's, I give him credit for being first, though. Who? Tepper. I do give Tepper some credit. Yeah, right? I give him credit for being really aggressive. Like, to me, the money stuff, like, that's just the cost of doing business. Because I, I wasn't Baylor paying him, like, $6 million? Like, it's not like he was making nothing. He was making a lot of cash. Yeah. Baylor's got money. I uh, I do have one Joe Judge theory. Because, like you said, I don't really – I mean, we're all just going to wait and see. And usually with guys like that, we really judge their press conference. So that's fun. I don't know when that's going to be. I know McCarthy is Wednesday afternoon at, like, 1 or something. But – um, my Joe Judge theory is maybe the the guys that most of the Belichick guys that have failed have been guys that we all thought were geniuses, or at least we thought could be schematic geniuses. Oh, one guy was legitimately named the man genius, right? So you had Mangini, you had Weiss, you had Cornell. These are all guys that call plays. The one thing jo- with jo- jo- Josh to Denver, jo- yeah, Josh. Uh, you can't if you if you work for Bill for thirty years, you can't just become Bill. Because he only he has his mind. You can't copy that. But maybe one thing you can copy, Saban and then Bill, is just the organizational structure. Like, I look at Mario Cristobal at Oregon. He was a Saban guy who was not a play caller. He just was, he wasn't bringing the Saban play calling. He was just bringing the organizational structure. So, Joe Judge, you're not hiring him to be the play caller that called plays for Bill when actually Bill was the one calling defense. You're just hiring him hoping that he brings the organizational structure, the steady hand, the understanding on how to lead, all that kind of stuff. Which, if anything, that is the thing you should be able to copy from Belichick, more so than his defensive mind or his acumen, those sorts of things. 
Well, um, well, and there I haven't agree. been a lot of those guys. Like, I don't, you know, maybe uh, what's his name in Miami? Um, Vrabel. Brian Flores. Yeah, is Flores calling defense? He's calling the defense, yeah. yeah. So he would be, if Flores succeeds, he'd be the first of his kind, really. I'll say this, though. The difference, I like your theory has some merit, and I think you're on to something. The difference in college, though, is if you can't like be some schematic genius, like a Chris Peterson, uh, or there other, like Lincoln Riley, I think is viewed. If you can hang your hat on being an elite recruiter, like that's a huge separating factor, even right. as much as like the organization. And I would say that Mario has proven he fucking can walk into any room and do whatever it takes to get that guy to come to Oregon. And in the NFL, like I here's where I struggle with. Judge, for example, you hired a young guy. Like I, I, I understood why they hired Lafleur in theory, and then he called the play. So you're like, you're hiring a young guy that's going to be my play caller. Judge is not even calling the plays, guy. So like, you're getting this young and experienced guy that's never coordinated either side of the ball. Now he coordinates special teams, and I get it; that's important, uh, and it is. Even though I, I just facetiously like, oh, it's, <laughs> it's it's not. I mean, it's it matters. But he's not going to call the plays, guy. So you're just – this guy was just some genius leader in his late 30s. That's, that's would you say, a little abnormal. And you'd be like, who leading who? Exactly. Be- because it's like, okay, Vrabel's not going to call the defense or whatever, though he's been a defensive coordinator with O'Brien that one year. You go, well, Mike Vrabel, team captain, group of leader. Like, that's just a no-brainer, right? Like, it's just leader. You just see Mike Vrabel. Like, God, I'd follow that guy fucking out the door. Let's just go. Where are you going, Mike? Can I follow? Can I hang? Uh, I just, the judge, I, I think you hit it to begin with, and this is what, when I was arguing with someone, not arguing, I just I just respectfully disagree. I wasn't going to argue with them while they were attacked. So like, okay, I, be- I believe your side, but the timeline says something different because why would they immediately want it out? We, we got Aaron Judge's cousin, Joe, like our coach. Right after it's like the Panthers have landed the guy that everyone thought they wanted to land. And it's not like, you know, rule, one-year wonder. Like, he had kind of been in the mix now for like two or three years, right? This guy's yeah. going to be an NFL coach. He's kind of like a And he'll be the Giants urban. coach. Yeah, going to be the Giants jersey guy. Kind of like a just, a, just a shorter, chubbier version of Urban. That's just leads these programs, ass kickers. Kind of what he felt like. It's like... If you or I owned a franchise, it'd be like we got to interview Matt Rule, right? It just yep. it, it was clear. And you talk to people, they're like, you know, he can be an asshole, but the guy can coach. <laughs> and he goes to the Panthers. That that to me is crazy. He ends up with the Panthers, and then you think about, of course he does. David Tepper has accomplished infinitely more, non just like what Tom Coughlin has accomplished than John Mara. And that's where I think John Mara, like. Why Mark Davis takes a lot of shit? If if Mark Davis looked like John Mara, I think he would get a lot more credit. John Mara's tall, skinny, shirts always tucked in, always well dressed. Guy Haberman, tell me what John Mara's accomplished, non football wise. Now we're not in the market, but you, you don't have anything you can say. Probably some charity. I mean, probably a good amount of charity. Well, yeah, work. but but like every rich guy does charity. You know, I well, just, I'm just you're just asking me. I'm telling you what the answer probably is. Yeah, but but don't you think like I just think if you went to like circles of like. The nice country club on the East Coast, and you just went, I'm friends with John Mara. You'd be like, wow, you know the Maras? And well, it's like, is it, is it a little overhyped? Like, are they, what has the kid accomplished? Because it feels like he's kind of ruining the franchise guy. Wait, is this the son or the grandson? 
I think it's the son. The son. But the grandson's there too. His son, right? Pro- I mean, John's probably, Who's, I is guess. We- is Welling- was Wellington? I-, I think Wellington might be John's grandpa. I mean, John Mara is 65 years old. So Wellington could be his dad. So Mara is the third generation of his family to own the Giants. His grandfather, Tim, founded the team in 1925. That's better than buying it, John. More impressive. Yeah, it is. They're a family of founders. Okay, Tim's son, Wellington, is is Mara's dad. He inherited the team from his dad when Tim died. Among NFL franchises, only Chicago Bears, controlled by the Hallis McCaskey family since 1921, have been in the hands of one family longer than the Giants. So when you talk about well, one thing the McCaskies and the and the Maras hit is they were in two of the biggest. I mean, the New York is the biggest market. Chicago's top five in two great cities. Founded this fucking team, and they are just keeping that bad boy in the family. Yeah. Because how would you not? Because it is a cash cow. But let's. I, I just think. And I always did because Gotti looks the part, right? That's how a that's how a rich guy looks. Tall, skinny. <laughs> it just always It's well easy dressed. for a rich guy to look rich though. I know. And it's just I don't know well, like you said, uh, his last uh line on the Wikipedia, Mara serves on the board of directors of St. Vincent's Hospital. And the boys hope and girls hope of New York. So yeah, I mean he's no one I, I, I always argue like that's where social media like loves crushing rich guys. Who do you think funds everything in this world? Fucking rich people. Because poor people don't have any money. So the rich people are funding fucking everything for everyone. So most rich guys kind of get a bad rap because one side of this country needs to belittle them. Like, the Mars probably do so much good for people in New York. It's I'm not disputing, like, as a person. I'm just talking as, like, an actual leader of the franchise. You could, I, I think it's fair, if I was a diehard Giants fan, to go, like, because it's easy to crush Jed. He's young. It's easy to crush Mark, crush Mark. He doesn't look the part. Like, it's Mars just make a ton of money. They own the Giants, own it forever. It's like they got a lot of credit. And it's like, do they really deserve it? That's my question. Because Dave Tepper just kind of ran circles around him. That's what it, well, felt, when you, that's what it yeah, feels I mean, like to when me. When you win a championship, you get a lot of credit. Even though, I mean, Eli's 13 touchdowns and two picks over those two runs. I mean, what did John Mar do? Go get him, Eli. Yeah, just <laughs> believed in Coughlin. Yeah. Gave him another chance. Yeah, but I mean, Tom Coughlin was viewed as a good coach. Like he you then know, bailed on him crazy. at the right time. That's true. I'll give him that. So, okay. Well, lunch on time. that note, adios. See, peace. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.